six sides of school I fatted no for today I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way I play Hey everybody and welcome back to the UK Hockey Fan Podcast. I'm Shane and Finn's not here. Finn's in bed poorly. He played a big match the, at the weekend. Um, he, uh, his team played, Oxford uh, played Solent and uh, they fought an absolutely brutal battle and uh, ended up uh, clawing their way back from a 2-0 deficit to end the game and a 2-2 draw. Since then he's been sick in bed, he's been off school, I'm here on my own and uh, we know that uh, folks out there want another podcast from us because you've been sending us loads of messages on um, through email and through social media. So I thought the best thing that I could do while Finn's in bed sick is to um, republish probably our favorite episode. Uh, and that episode is called Mystery UK. We recorded this back in January of uh, this year, January 2019. And it turned out to be not only one of our favorite episodes, but one of your favorite episodes too. We had more listeners for this single podcast than almost any other. So um, Finn will be back later this week. We hope to put out another podcast later in the week. But for now, for your listening pleasure, here's uh, from the archive, Mystery UK. After six hours of school, I fat in no forty day. I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way. I play Hey, it's the UK Hockey Fan Podcast. Um, I'm Shane, and I'm here with my son, Finn. Hi, guys. And um, we are uh, Canadians that live in Oxfordshire, UK. And um, this is our podcast about mainly about Leafs hockey, but also um, hockey uh, in the NHL and um, around Europe. We, uh, we live in the UK. We play hockey. There's four members of our family that are um, active hockey players. And uh, we're back with another podcast. What are we going to talk about today? Um, so I know the thing we want to start with is pond hockey, but we've also got some uh, trade talk and uh, the Leafs v. Bruins game that we watched last night. Oh, yeah. Devastating. 3-2 uh, to two loss last night. We'll get on to talking about that some more. We stayed up for it. Um, uh, Face-off was at midnight, so it's always a tough one for us. But it was a Saturday night, so we hung in there. Uh, tough loss to the Bruins last night. Um, yeah. My sister, Shauna, who's out there. Hey, Shauna, if you're listening. And um, her partner, Dan, were at the game last night um, and were FaceTiming us from the game and that sort of thing. We'll get into talking about a bit about that later. We want to talk about... Uh, did you mention Nylander? Yeah, did we also want to talk about Nylander. And I know it's a kind of a passing thing, especially with uh, everyone kind of ripping on him. But I know we want to talk about him and uh, address a couple of things being said in different groups. Yep, yep. So um, there's that. Um, but you I, wanna... I, I know you want to start with the, the whole pond hockey thing, don't you? I'm going to talk about pond hockey in a second. What I really want, what I'm really excited about is today we have um, our very first segment of, uh, of a special guest that's going to join us um, from time to time on the podcast called Scott Antcliffe. 
and Scott is a uh, UK hockey. Um, I don't know what what to say. He's a he's a UK ho- a, a hockey pundit for the leagues here in um, in the UK. He's uh, done a, a lot of hockey reporting, and um, he's been on a few podcasts. But he's he's certainly been um, reported on television, I think. And uh, he's got a great Twitter account and everything else. Anyway, Scott Antcliffe. Um, and we're kind of call that section Cliffy's Notes. So watch out for it. So right in the middle of the podcast somewhere, we're going to do a section that's specific to the UK Hockey Elite League. So watch out for that. I'm excited about that. We've, uh, we're have we going to interview him um, on right on the show. Uh, so yeah, pond hockey. Yeah, so obviously I was uh, born here in England and uh, I've never really experienced a proper ODR. Well, I haven't experienced an ODR at all, to be honest, but I know you have grown up in Canada. Yeah, absolutely. So um, ODRs are just, you know, that's just a thing. Uh, if you live in a cold enough part of North America, uh, you'll see the likes of Coach Jeremy always banging up a, a gorgeous outdoor rink. And um, everybody's seen the pictures of the Marlowe family one, which is totally amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was a regular thing when we were kids. Um, we didn't usually have one in, um, in our backyard, but we lived right across the uh, street from our elementary school. And um, we used to do, we used to, my dad was one of the dads that used to create a rink on the, on the play, the playground, like the paved bit of the playground. And uh, they would do it in a, they would flood it in a rota at night, uh, which was basically, and the, and the thing they used as sort of a, to flood the ice was like a big wide broom with a leather chamois over it that um, they attached a hose to that sort of dripped water and whatnot. But anyway, so we could go over there and skate pretty much any time we weren't in school. Um, so pond hockey is obviously where loads of people, there's loads of stories about people that sort of learn their craft on a pond. Any famous ones you can think of? The most famous, uh, Wayne Gretzky grew up playing on a pond. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky from Brantford, Ontario? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he is from Brantford, Ontario. And um, he uh, grew up playing on ponds. And so um, nearest to my house, I grew. I actually grew up in a hockey town called Stratford in, in southwestern Ontario. And uh, the nearest pond to my house was a place called Marsh Pumps. And it was um, just down the street, down St. Vincent Street, the end. And um, it's... Uh, it was more or less a pond and it had something to do with the fire department, the local fire department. I can't remember if it's that they used to collect water from there or actually it's more likely that they emptied. Yeah. They must've emptied their, um, excess or un, like their stagnant water from the pumps, the, the fire engine pumps. Uh, they used to empty it there. And, um, and so that sort of perpetuated there being a pond there. But anyway, is, uh, when I was a kid and, um, actually, you know, later on, um, as an adult as well um everybody looked forward to the ice freezing over so we could get on with the business of playing um pond talking and so again we've talked about the problems um and what's the main problem with playing uh hockey in the uk uh the temperature uh, never gets really cold enough to uh, uh, make a proper rink <laughs> that's certainly the main problem with uh building your your own uh, outdoor rink but i mean in general we've talked in the past about what the main barrier to playing the sport in the uk is and that that was ice time <coughs> that was covered on our last podcast i'm pretty sure yeah so it's really difficult to get ice time here so of course the perfect thing would be to build your own be able to build your own rink but here the temperature almost never goes below zero and it's certainly even if it does go below zero which has been really rare 
Uh, it never stays low and that low long enough that you could ever consider making any kind of rink. But um, back in Canada, we used to make a rink. And basically, my memories of playing pond hockey were walking quite a long way in your boots uh, to get to a place and dragging um, a, quite a heavy snow shovel. Everybody had to bring their own shovel, plus their stick, plus their skates. Um, and you and it was, and where I grew up in Canada, it gets freezing cold. I mean, minus 20, minus 30 quite routinely. And uh, so you get to the place where you're going to play. Um, usually nobody lug a, a goal all the way there. Nobody bring a net. Um, so you just use like snow. You'd make piles in the snow or piles of clothes or like boots. Actually, you'd use people's boots. And um, you'd spend the first, the first bit of it would warm you up because you'd spend the first hour or maybe more uh, just trying to shovel off a big enough space. But once you got that original square shoveled off, it was relatively easy to keep it keep clearing it off um, from day to day if you wanted to uh, if you want to play on it. And so, especially when you're younger, what you'd end up doing was, or certainly what I would end up doing, is I would play. We would play outdoors hockey until my feet were so frozen that I was literally in tears. And loads of kids, I remember being just bawling their eyes out because their feet were so frozen. And, you know, they might have even actually been frozen, some kids, I don't know. Um, but anyway, the problem with that is, is that by the time you're in tears and realize your feet are frozen, you've still got to walk all the way home to wherever that is. Yeah. So you got to take off your skates, which n which you don't want to do, right? Your feet are totally frozen. Yeah, Genuinely really hurt. <laughs> That's it. And the last thing on earth you want to do is take the coverings off of your feet that you're wearing. But you have to do it, right? Because you can't skate home. I mean, some there are some situations where you could probably if it was like frozen rain and everything was frozen. But yeah. normally you got to basically take your skates off, take out your, expose your freezing cold feet and uh, stick them into your now totally frozen boots because your boots have been sitting outside in the, on the ice uh, for possibly a few hours. Yeah. Shove your feet in your frozen boots and then drag your crying sorry arse all the way home. <laughs> and I remember going home and, and my my mom being at the door and, uh, you know, looking at me in tears and things and her saying, I told you that you have to leave before your feet get cold. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what kid would ever leave playing hockey uh, when they're enjoying themselves? And so then began the process where you had to, the worst thing in the world to do with some fr uh, frozen solid feet is to stick them right into warm water. I mean, that pain is excruciating. So instead, unbelievably, um, and I'm sure people out there that have done this um, it before are, are reliving this with me, you've actually got to stick your feet into cold water yeah, and slowly raise the temperature of that water and um, even putting your feet into cold or probably cool water, it, it, the relief that comes instantly from putting your feet in there, and, th and it's really weird. And then you slowly warm the temperature up until you can sort of start to feel your feet again. Yeah. And, uh, and after all of that agony, generally you were back, at, back on the pond first thing the next morning. Yeah. And would do exactly the same thing again. And um, I just have these amazingly great memories of, of playing pond hockey. And I've got one last one uh, to share. And that is that I was once um, skating um, down by, I'd been skating on a rink on the river where I lived. And river skating is always a bit sketchier than pond skating because pond water obviously doesn't move. There's no flow underneath. So it tends to freeze thicker. 
if it's a flowing river, the, the ice doesn't tend to, f to um, freeze as thick. And also it can be a bit patchy in areas where the current flows. Yeah. And so we were skating on, the, um, on a rink that had been shoveled off on the, on the river in town. And I'd taken my skates off and I was walking home and I saw a dog chase a stick out onto a thin part of the river. And the dog ran and I saw it and it ran after a stick. I don't know where the dog came from or who threw the stick or whatever, but I just remember this dog running out there and, uh, and he broke, he got to the, the thin part of the ice and he, and that's where the stick was. And he broke through the ice into the uh, obviously frigid water. And he was a big dog, like a black lab or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and he was trying to like get his front two paws out and that sort of thing. And I'm there with my stick and my skates and I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like it's a dog. I hope, like shouldn't a dog be able to get itself out of a situation like this? Um, but it clearly couldn't. So it's, it's hard every time it tried to like, it was way, way out in the middle of quite a wide river. And the more it tried to jump up onto the ice with its front two feet, the ice would just, its front two feet would just break the ice again and it would go down into the water, you know. So I could see, and it was sort of, it was whimpering and crying and everything else. So there was nothing for it. I had to dump my skates and my stick and I walked down onto the ice until I broke through the ice. And, uh, and it was about, luckily it was about sort of waist or chest deep. And I got a hold of the dog and managed to get him onto the ice and dragged him. And I went across the street to some houses that were there. And, um, and it turned out the dog had a tag on. And they yeah. called, uh, at the time they called like whatever the local dog pound was or something. And it turned out it was the mayor's dog, oh the, the mayor of the town's dog. And, uh, <laughs> and because it was the mayor's dog or whatever, I ended up getting like some citation and some little like uh, gold pin or something like that in thanks for saving <laughs> the mayor's dog on my way home from skating on the, p uh, skating on the river. So anyway, there you go. There's some uh, um, memories from um, my youth of skating outdoors and playing hockey in, in southwestern Ontario. Anyway, what should we talk about next? Oh, I was actually going to uh, do one more thing on pond hockey. And yeah, it was, okay. um, it was because uh, we watched Mystery Alaska the other night. Oh, yeah. What a great movie. Now, that was pretty uh, inspirational with them uh, all growing up, skating skating around, skating on a river or uh, around the big pond, the big like communal kind of skating rink kind of thing. And uh, playing the New York Rangers and some of them getting taken from there and kind of drafted in a way. Yeah, I, I think that the... so. If you guys are hockey fans, and uh, you will have seen the movie Mystery Alaska, like there's only a handful of really great hockey movies, and we can all probably name them. If you haven't seen Mystery Alaska yet, check it out because it's it's just about my favorite hockey movie. And I think the beauty of that movie is, even though it's a total work of fiction, yeah, it feels like it could be totally real. Yeah, exactly, and it's a totally believable story kind of thing, right? Yeah, there's and there's like this plot behind this um, team of of guys and basically the town has one team it's isolated in the middle of alaska uh so it has one team and the t obviously it's got enough guys to make two sides and so every week they play a proper hockey game that all, the whole town comes to watch but it's basically them playing against themselves and it's called the saturday game yeah and so um all the youngsters in the town want to play hockey and they all dream about just getting into the saturday game and but there's only so many slots available on the team, right? Yeah. And so the story, some of the subtext of the story, and we won't ruin it for you if you haven't seen it because it's it's just such a great movie. Um, the subtext is, um, or one of the parts of the plot is that one of the guys is um, 
you know, getting a bit older and slowing down a bit. And so he's sort of getting pushed out the top end of the team. And there's a young guy waiting in the wings to come and take his place on the team. That's part of it, right? Yeah. And um, anyway, and so it's great. I don't want to, we don't, we shouldn't get into much more of the plot, but it is this brilliant, brilliant movie about hockey where they, and they only have an outdoor rink. And somehow in the middle of Alaska, um, they convince the New York Rangers to come and play them in this exhibition game. And it's just totally amazing, this movie. And to top it all off, when I watch the movie for the first time, I'm looking at the, some of the scenes and things. And I'm thinking, I totally know this place. Like, this place looks so Canadian. And uh, I looked it up on Wikipedia. And um, it was filmed in a place called Canmore, Alberta. Yeah. And Canmore, Alberta, I mean, I've spent uh, quite a bit of time living around Lake Louise and also um, a place called CB, Alberta. Uh, I used to teach outdoor ed at a place called the Yamnuska Center and uh, in around there. And Canmore was a place that we hung out in. So Mystery Alaska, I mean, it's got so many things about it that I love. Uh, brilliant movie. And it was filmed in a town that I used to live in. So um, check it out, Mystery Alaska. It's it's probably the best movie about one of the best movies about hockey and certainly the best movie uh best movie about outdoor hockey yeah definitely and i obviously i love it too yeah we watch it probably once every few months <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> um, um i think we should talk about the bruins game yeah okay let's get on with it yeah okay yeah. So i don't but i do yeah so what were your thoughts on the game right so going into the game um and checking out the no, the, the normal social media channels, like I had a look on Facebook yeah, and I looked yeah, on yeah. Leafs Nation, and I've got a couple of Bruins fans that are in my friendship group. And um, big up Tim Searles, friend of mine, uh, American friend of mine, and um, and Dan Baston, Canadian friend, both big Bruins guys. And um, Tim quite rightly sent me a message on Facebook before the game saying, "This is a big game. This is a huge game." Yeah, because you know, there's a few things that could happen here. Everybody knows that there's this specter hanging about that means that we could end up facing those guys in the playoffs. Yeah. The other question is, is uh, you know, are either of these teams good enough to get through the playoffs and, and be in, in cup contention? And so all of that gets tested out when they play one another. And uh, it's a home game in Toronto, which is exciting. Uh, goalie situation? Uh, yeah, so... Um we'll probably go into more depth later, but um, Frederick Anderson at the last minute um, was uh, he he announced he had flu. Oh, so he's rec- he was on IR. Uh, he w- he's been on IR for like a month with, with a, a groin, groin injury. injury. Yeah, and so he was meant to start last night. Yeah, and then uh, that morning he woke up with the flu. Yeah, well, I don't know if he woke up with the flu, but well, certainly that they yeah. they declared that he was still on the on the uh, IR w- due to flu. Yeah. Which meant an emergency, another emergency call up to the Marlies. Uh, so obviously you had the the backup being Casciuo, uh, Casimir Casciuo. Yep, and starting Michael Clutchinson. The clutch. So, uh, which you know is is joyful, and um, you know it's great to see Clutch getting some more time in the pipes in a game. Um, that we listen to Steve Dangle podcast. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it was yesterday's or the or it was one early in the Friday. week. Friday. Yeah, uh, we love Steve Dangle podcast. By the way, hey Steve, Adam, and Jesse, we love you guys. Um, and they were talking about uh, Adam was mentioning that there was maybe maybe just a murmur around the club about possibly uh, trading Sparks. 
Yeah, so that oh, we're going to get into a lot more detail later. Okay, so all right. I, right, I, right, I know right, we want to jump in the gun. I'm jumping the gun. Let's all right. Let's stay on the Bruins. Okay, so um, let's go for a scoring sur- summary. So I'm pretty sure we both managed to stay awake for at least a period and a half, and then you fell asleep. <laughs> but thanks for out me. Do you remember who scored first? Oh, Bruins. Bruins scored first. Yeah. Uh, David Krejci. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was a good goal. Yeah, it was a. A uh, slap shot goal. Yep. Nice shot. Yeah, good shot, good goal. Um, pretty sure it's one of those cross-crease passes, which we're seeing a lot more in modern hockey. And there's nothing worse in a situation where you've got your backup, backup, backup goalie in there. Yeah. And a slap shot goes in right off the bat. And you're thinking, oh, God, is he going to totally sieve up? Uh, it actually wasn't right off the bat. It was uh, with a minute and a half left. Well, open the scoring, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, second period. Who scored first? Uh, Mitch? No. No. Leafs did score. Yeah. Oh, it was uh, Teddy Pendergast. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no, who was it again? Andreas Janssen. Oh, Janssen. Janssen with um, pokes on in. Yeah, uh, with uh, assists going to Captain and Austin Matthews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah. that that was uh, one of Babs's new lines. Um with the with the, the two really young wings and then Austin Matthews in the middle. In the, yeah, in the middle. Yeah. It seems to be working out. Well, yeah, that, that produced a goal there. What happened next? Uh, no, another Leafs goal scored by? Mitchie. Yep, Mitch Marner, assisted by Nelson Kadri and Kasperi Kapanen. Right, cool. Power play goal. Yeah. Uh, 2-1 Toronto. Right on. Who drew the penalty there? Do you remember what happened? I'll we'll have to uh, look that up. I've forgotten. I'll have, yeah, I'll probably have to look it up. Um, uh, I'll look it up in a minute. Yeah, all right. We'll finish this first. Yep. Um, Boston scored next. Uh, Sean Corrali, I think his name is. Yeah, so what are we? Tied at two. Tied at two. And with 15 seconds left in, in the, the second in period, the second period. David Pasternak, <sighs> the leaf killer. Yeah, Pasternak. And so goes up. Uh, Bruins go up 3-2, and then uh, an entirely scoreless third period. The Leafs just could not produce. Uh, Austin Matthews lifts one over an open net, though. Yeah, y- your friend, uh, your friend told us about that in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it's uh, you know, gutting, gutting to lose, gutting to lose a home game like that. Um, but you know, it just goes to show that um, everybody's been saying, you know, you can't win all the time and that sort of thing. Um, Leafs are in good, have are are on good form. Um, but you know, clutch games come along, and you've got to be able to produce, you know, and and uh, and it is a worry. Yeah. So quickly going back to that um, Mitch goal with the penalty. Oh, just yeah. remember Bergeron delay of game. Oh right. Yeah. There yeah. was something where they thought they they thought it was an icing. The defender kind of slowed off to get the puck because they knew it was going to be an icing. Slowed off. Uh, Mitch or Hyman raced after, got to the puck first. Uh, flung it around the boards, but it went to Bergeron. Bergeron just cleared it and it went over the glass. Right. Okay. Drew a penalty. Oh, right. Okay. Delay again. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, um, but other other things that we want to talk about. So, Leafs actually looking at looking at the shots and stuff. Uh, they outplayed the Bruins. Yeah. So, what do you what do you think happened then? Well, it's uh, I I think that's pretty much normally the case. So yeah. so we. Um, Face up to the Bruins, you know, Bruins are always a uh, more physical team than us. Uh, We've talked about this in the past. We don't have the physicality uh, and we need it. And, um, you know, passing is on. 
but I, 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 I will say that we did look a bit panicked in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, that pace of the game, we could not control the pace of the game. Um, it was just, ma- you know, it felt frantic, the, the pace in the, in the first period. That is the one problem with the Leafs, and uh, Babcock keeps saying it in his uh, po- uh, post-game interviews. He keeps saying, you know, we need to start on time. Uh, we didn't start on time, which meant that they got a lot more shots in. Yeah, and, um, and because you get that frantic pace going as well, you're playing a lot of end-to-end hockey, right? And, and so that means the shifts are short because you're just literally, um, you know, skating your lungs off for about 20, 30-second blasts and you've got to really cr- crank through those, l- those line changes. And anybody who plays hockey knows that, you know, there's a real art to keeping line changes going really swiftly like that and it breaks up the play and it's hard to get you know you've got you've got to be a real artist to slip in through those changing on the fly like that so if you can't control the pace of the game and the game is going too fast you're shift changing too quick and you just feel like the game is you know out of control yeah and um another big thing with with uh skating frantically like that it's going to take a toll i I know these guys are like fit because they're like sports players right (laughs) but Professional athletes, yeah. I think you're looking for there. Professional, they're professional ath- athletes, and um, and they're obviously got great stamina. But if you're skating like that and you're doing that in the first period, in the within the first few minutes, it's going to take a toll on your end game. Definitely. I mean, uh, you know, they're all elite players, right? But anybody who starts out at that pace is eventually going to feel tired. You're not, you're not going to be at your best by the, the end. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it was um, it was a bit disappointing. I sort of wanted to see them controlling the puck more. Uh, again, you know, not great build, uh, not really building from the back. Yeah. How many times do you see, for example, do you know what? So uh, in in uh, the kind of hockey that you you or I play, if you pass the puck across the your, the crease of your own goal, um, my co- you, your coach would generally send you to the end of the bench and make you sit there for the rest of the game. Like that is just taboo, right? Genuinely, you would get you, that. That that's probably a more extreme case, but you definitely would. Uh, you get sat for a couple of shifts, and then and then probably put on a different line, like possibly lower yeah, line, possibly thrown in the parking lot and lit on fire. <laughs> but um, you see it all the time. So the Leafs try and turn the try and turn the play around so quick and at such a breakneck pace that you quite often see them passing. Um, so basically. You know, any of the coaches that I've had, they want you to play it up the boards coming out of your own end. They do not like you to put it past the puck through the center of the ice. And But you see like Leafs pass it right across the front of the crease all the time. And as a, as a Leafs goalie, that must drive you crazy. Yeah. But the point of the matter is, is that what they're doing is they're continuing on the momentum of the play that led the puck into their own end in the first place. And I kind of get that, right? So they're trying to turn it around and work it, work it back up the other end. But, you know... It's, it's not taking the time to set up a proper breakout behind the goal, get somebody behind there with a the puck, holding on the puck, looking at, looking for where everybody is, give everybody, you know, half a, half a breath, and then come, at, come in a proper breakout. And, uh, and I think that when we start getting into that, when we drop into that whole business of passing the, passing the puck across the ice in the front of our own goal, it means that, you know, w- that we're letting the pace uh, we're letting the pace direct us rather than directing the pace of the game. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, a few years ago, uh, 20, 2014 Leafs, you know, 
shocking pretty much remember uh, good old Dion Phaneuf on that on that team <laughs> yeah um but the one thing that that we that we recognized is um the defenseman knew how to how to control the pace of the game they yeah. would always take it behind the net wait for the lines to change wait for people to get set up and ready to break it back out go back up full of momentum and you know as a line and everything yeah which is the one big thing that i know co- my coach always looks for he always wants us to go up as a five-man unit instead of a three and two yeah 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 you want to go set up right and uh if you want to if you want to get that um uh, pace on the puck coming out of a breakout situation you generally hold the puck behind the goal and then you have someone else slingshot around behind the goal um full pelt who takes the puck off the guy standing behind the goal and you come out at full pelt with a puck uh what you generally don't do is start that play from in front of your own goalie um because that can go wrong you know, and um, it shows, uh, to, to, to my mind, it shows that, you, you know, you're not controlling the pace of the game and you're taking huge risks, especially when you've got your backup, backup, backup goalie in there. Yeah, exactly. And um, I had, as you said, huge risk. What One poke and it's literally a struggle. Yeah, for sure. Uh, everybody's seen loads of those go in. And uh, any of us that have been involved in making that mistake, you always feel like a huge dummy or whatever, too. Yeah, exactly. Um. Leafs meeting the Bruins in the playoffs. Uh, who who would who would do you think you would win in a series? I'm so worried. I'm so worried after last night's game, especially that scoreless period. Right. So, I you know you always have confidence in the Leafs to c- try and pull it out in the end. Yeah. And so if they go down, and we've seen them go down, you know, um, be down a few goals even early on, and somehow chip away at that deficit and just uh, dig dig a little deeper, find a, an extra gear. And uh, come back and turn things around by the end. But to go an entirely uh, scoreless period um, last night in the third period and and not create an opportunity uh, to even tie it up, that's a worry, right? Yeah. And so um, those two teams that played last night, if they faced one another in the playoffs, I think the Bruins would have us. Yeah, I mean... So that, uh, that that game actually uh, was the last time they meet in the regular season. Um, I'm pretty sure they played played each other four times, and uh, three times the Bruins have won, and one times uh, the Leafs, Leafs have won. Yeah, uh, so it's a worry. But, you know, um, still a long way to go, and uh, anything can happen. And, um, you know, we're still um, trying to find our mojo. Uh, Babcock's still mixing up the lines. Nylander's still not producing. And all those things can come good, um, but no, at the moment it uh, it is definitely a worry. Um, we've got the Buffalo games coming up though. Yeah, that is that's actually uh, people are saying that's the even even bigger rivalry than uh, Habs or Bruins. So it's almost a local, uh, it's almost a local rivalry. They call that here in um, football in uh, soccer. When two teams are from like the same community, they call it a derby, spelt derby call it a local derby and uh and buffalo is pretty close because you can jump on a greyhound bus from toronto and and uh, even if you don't want to drive and you can get to buffalo pretty quick so when you see a buffalo game an away game to buffalo there's loads of leafs jerseys in the uh, crowd and uh and quite a lot of of uh buffalo jerseys at toronto that you'll see as well so yeah it's it, they're close they're geographically close so um big rivalry there and i think we've got yet to play them five more times or something like that I don't know how many more times, but um, it's actually not as close as we think their next game. So the next game is uh, March the 3rd uh, at, at the Scotiabank Arena. 
Right. So a little, way, little ways to go there. But um, that's a bit of a diversion from the Bruins. But, uh, yeah, the Bruins are going to be tough. The Bruins are tough. Um, there's just something about that team that the, the Leafs struggle with, you know, and I'd almost, I'd almost rather face anybody else. Yeah, I mean, another big rival, the rivalry that we have, uh, Tampa Bay. Mm. They are sick. Uh, but the uh, Leafs outplayed them last time, and the only reason that Tampa won is because uh, Andre Vasilevsky with, like, a 48-save debut after, like, an injury or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. genuinely crazy. Um, but, yeah, they're also a very good team, and we're gonna we're almost guaranteed to play at least one of those teams. Yeah, for sure. And... Uh, you know, so if you if you had to decide right now which one that you, uh, you and you could choose which one to face in the playoffs, which one would you choose, Tampa or Bruins? I'm gonna have to say Tampa. Me too. I take my chances. Um, to just it's, it feels like a combination of uh, you know issues on the ice and just a little bit of bad luck with the Bruins. Yeah, and. Um with Tampa, we've shown that we can uh, we can be a good match to them, especially with uh, outplaying them again. Forty forty nine shots uh, in our in our last game against them, and uh, they're a great team. But uh, as 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 you can see, so a couple seasons ago, Washington won the whole league, right? Um, and then they got knocked out in the second round by Pittsburgh. Um, they came like. I don't know. They 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 came in the in the in the top ten this year, but not in the in not in the top five. Sorry, last year, and uh, they went on to win the playoffs. So if you if if you if you think about that logic, the best teams, even though even though the best on paper and they're the best in the league, that doesn't always like uh, doesn't always mean that they're going to be great in the playoffs. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Um, do we finish on the Leafs Broom game? Uh, no, we've got uh, two other things. Uh, so I know you want we want to address the whole Nylander thing. Oh, so yeah. we may as well do that now. Really? No, let's park that for a minute. Okay. We'll do that after Cliffy's notes. Okay. Uh, what else do we want to say about the Bruins? Um, that game last night. Anything Anything left to say? How was Don Cherry last night? Oh, uh, he was talking about uh, Michael Hutchinson. Yeah. And, and how good, how how genuinely good he's been playing. Yeah. Like, uh, he's, he's, he's come from, uh, I'm pretty sure he was bouncing up and down from the AHL to NHL. And then coming into probably one of the, well, the biggest, uh, ice, like, well-known ice hockey teams in the world. And yep. st- being the starting goaltender and doing genuinely well. Yeah. Especially against the Bruins, only only let in three goals. Yeah. That's w- pretty great. It's one thing to uh, get called up and turn up as the backup. Yeah. It's another thing to step straight out as a starting goalie. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. And he's uh, he's definitely shown his metal there. So uh, no, he's a great asset to the team, and I don't know I don't know what it means, you know. So we've got Freddie. He's got the flu, which means he'll be all right in a few days. Uh, I don't even know the latest on Sparks. Oh, he's um, I've seen things. Is he, cl- on, is he got? Is he been cleared now? So yeah, I've seen things on both of them. So he's been cleared, and Frederick Anderson still has the flu, but says he should be ready for the game Monday night. Right, so Sparks is uh, Sparks was on a uh, concussion watch. Yeah, uh, he's been cleared by medical staff. Cool. Day. Right, so both those guys are, are going to be back. But, you know, uh, Hutchinson is amazing, and so I don't know what that means for him, and um, Marley's get their goalie back, too. So, yeah, lo- loads happening in a uh, big game last night. But listen, I want to get on to uh, Cliffy's notes uh, and and get in touch with Scott and Cliff. And let's get. Let's, shall we get to that part of the show? Yeah, let's do that now then. Okay. 
Uh, today, we've um, decided to include uh, a new segment in the podcast. Um, a friend of mine, Scott Ancliffe, is is with us today. Cliffy, are you there? I am. Hi, Shane. Hi, Finn. Hi, Scott. So, um, this segment... So, Scott is um, not only is he a Leafs fan, uh, but I actually met him when I was uh, working up, up north in a place called Sheffield here in the UK. And um, Sheffield is is pretty close. Scott, would you say it's a hockey town? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's as close to a hockey town as you can get. It's, um, you know, in the culture of the city, it's sort of got a real good hockey feel and the sport is synonymous in Sheffield. And uh, Sheffield's synonymous with ice hockey, so it goes hand in hand perfectly. Yeah, and so the um, one thing about Sheffield is one of our previous podcasts, we talked about how few rinks there were um, in the UK and the, problem, the problems that creates with ice time and all that sort of thing. And um, if you think about the fact that there are only a handful of rinks really in the whole of the UK, Sheffield has three. Is that right? Yeah, well, it's got um, iSheffield, which is the facility that it's a double pad facility. Uh, A lot of the junior teams and recreational teams play out of there. Uh, Then there's the Sheffield Arena, which the Sheffield Steelers play at. And then after that, there used to be a, an, another rink called Queen's Road Ice Rink, but that's now turned to a roller hockey rink, unfortunately, because the pipe work was really old to maintain the ice. So they had to convert that to a roller rink. So I think at the minute, technically just two, and then there's one fairly nearby in Doncaster, but they don't use that for ice hockey because it's more a, a, like a leisure skating rink. Yeah, that's really cool. So, I, and I met you um, when I sort of I knew I was moving up to Sheffield for a little while to do do a job up there, and I reached out to sort of whatever rec leagues there were around, and and you play for the Sheffield Ice Tigers. Yes, I do. Yeah, I've been with the Ice Tigers now for about ooh, twelve seasons, so a fair while. Uh, we've got a good bunch of guys, and uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it when I was sat next to a Leaf fan in the dressing room and. Um, here we got talking, and as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, so I skated with the, the Ice Tigers a couple times. Last year I started out playing for Swindon, and then I moved up to Sheffield, and, and it was great to get some ice time with you guys. Ice Tigers are a totally great bunch of people, great guys and a couple great gals there too. Um, and that the, actually the setup in Sheffield is very similar to where I'm from um, in London, Ontario, where they that, that's sort of the, the footprint of a typical type of facility that they build these days, which is sort of two twin ice pads and then a bigger sort of marquee uh, rink or whatever to, to play on. So, no, it was a great experience being up there. But, um, Scott, you're, uh, what we wanted to um, pick your brains about is you're more um, in touch with the UK leagues. And I think that the um, sort of the, the, the Premier League here, I believe, is the EIHL. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the English Ice Hockey League, um, it's uh, the Elite Ice Hockey League, sorry. Um, it's been around now since 2003. Um, before that, it was known as the Super League. And then previous to that, the uh, Heineken League. So it's been around, uh, hockey's been played in the UK professionally for, for a number of years, but it's only really, I guess, uh, developed and, and gone on to a more wider platform uh, probably in the last 10 years or so. And now it's attracting a great caliber of player from AHL, NHL players. I mean, Chris Stewart's recently come over and signed um, for the Nottingham Panthers after he's got 600 and something games in the NHL. So it's really attracting a good quality of player and the parity in the league's better than ever. So it's great to, to see the league just go from strength to strength. So how many teams do we have in this league? 
Uh, there's currently 11 teams, but there's talk of a 12th team to come in. Uh, potentially, um, there was talk of a London-based team looking at coming into the league uh, for a while, and then also a, another Scottish-based team, because uh, the Edinburgh Capitals folded last year due to financial uh, difficulties. So that caused there to be 11 teams. Um, so it's could be with a 12 team to, to make it a bit more even and in terms of conference systems and things it'd work a bit better so currently 11 cool cool um and so hey, recent did somebody recently get drafted to the nhl out of that league yep yeah there was a young boy called uh, liam kirk he's um well fairly local to sheffield a place called maltby which is probably about 25 miles away from sheffield and um Liam Kirk, he he was trained in Sheffield all his junior career, um, and he's the first born and trained player um, to to um, get drafted to the NHL. Previous to that, there was um, a player called Colin Shields who still plays in the league actually for Belfast Giants. He was drafted by uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, and then Tony Hand, who's considered one of the best British players of all time, but they did have sort of North American. Um, junior experience and, and training over there, but Liam Kirk is the first purely British-trained player um, to then um, get drafted. So he was drafted in uh, the sixth round, um, I believe, um, 189th overall to uh, the Arizona Coyotes. And now he's currently playing for the Peterborough Peets in the OHL, and he's doing pretty well. He's putting up some good numbers. Uh, I think he's got about 20 25 points so far this season um, he kind of fluctuates between the first and second line so he's doing really well for you know he's just turned 19 um, he's got good size he's six foot one but he just needs to bulk up a little I think he's only 168 pounds so he needs to uh, sort of bulk out and um, and and sort of improve his size there but he's a, he's a skilled player he's got good hands he's quick and a quick, accurate shot as well, a good release. So hopefully he'll go on to do well over there. That's that's amazing. It's been a, it's actually been a, a big year for um, just Great, Brit Great Britain hockey in general. So that guy to the NHL and um, then the Team GB News. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Great Britain um, have well, won back-to-back -back sort of gold medals and promotions. And so the senior team are playing in uh, Slovakia in May. So they're going to be in the Pool A World Championships going up against the big boys up against Canada, USA, uh, all the big teams. So, which is huge for Great Britain. Uh, it's the first time on that platform for for many years in the, in the top group. And um, recently, the Great Britain under twenties as well. Uh, they've been doing well. They're winning gold, and um, they're kicking off their campaign tonight. The under twenties team um, tonight at six p.m. That's totally amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, I know that in um, some of our previous podcasts, we've sort of talked about how it, we've come across sounding a bit miserable about the UK um, scene for hockey. And it is just so different to back home. But it's unquestionably, when you think about those things, it's definitely on the up, um, which is a really great thing. Um, so which team, is there a team, one team over another that you support personally, Scott? Yeah, it, it, it'd be the Sheffield Steelers. Um, so I grew up uh, in a place called Rotherham, which is uh, on the outskirts of Sheffield. So started um, going to the Steelers when I was about six years old. And um, that would have been 1993 was my, my first game for the Steelers. And um, been going ever since. And I 
started playing, like I said, in, in 2003 and then began um, doing media work with the Sheffield Steelers team in 2007. So I started doing radio work, hospital radio, and then that led into uh, writing articles in the Match Night program. And then that kind of led on to doing uh, the webcast commentary and also um, Premier Sports on, on Sky Television, doing the rinkside reporting for them for a little while. So I've kind of done media work now for them for about 10 years and uh, written articles for a couple of websites and really enjoyed it. But since going into primary school teaching, um, as you can appreciate, Shane, um, it sort of left me you know, not as much time really to um, pursue the media. So I've kind of took... Um, put that on the back burner for a little while to concentrate on the teaching career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Scott's just referenced there the fact that I too used to be a primary school teacher and I was at the time that I moved to the UK. Um, but one of the things that, that's funny when you when you talk about your experiences there, Scott, to me is that um, it, it's it's almost like, so you've been immersed in that world, that ice hockey world for quite a long time. And it definitely yeah. to me um, smacks of the sort of north-south divide that there is here too. And so my, you know, our descriptions of, of our experience with hockey in the UK are, are based totally on living sort of in the south of the country here. And it is, it is totally different, right? And I mean, uh, even as a, a sort of like an adult, I never run into anybody who's into ice hockey. Uh, when I tell people I play ice hockey, they look at me like I have horns, you know what I mean? It is just, <laughs> it is just not a normal thing. And um, and to think that you know down here, I can't imagine being that immersed into uh, into ice hockey at all. I think to, to my mind, hockey starts to pick up sort of Birmingham and and, and beyond. You know, going north. Yeah, um, like you mentioned, there is a I, I guess a little bit of a divide. I guess um, you know down down south, um, it's it's more of a football culture. Um, I mean, football is really popular uh, in the north of England as well. I mean, Sheffield have got two big football teams in Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday. Um, however, you know the Sheffield Steelers are. I guess the premier ice hockey team, although they're not having a great season currently. Um, you know, if people um, think of ice hockey in Great Britain, often the first name they mention is the Sheffield Steelers because of their sort of rich history of winning and, and the tradition, even though they were only established in 1991. So they're a relatively um, new kid on the block, so to speak. But ice hockey in, in Great Britain will, I guess, unfortunately, always be a bit of a niche sport compared to some of the bigger sports uh, like rugby and football, who've got more sort of financial backing through sponsorship and television deals. So unfortunately, it's just, just how it is, even though I'd love for ice hockey to take centre stage and, and be on uh, the TV in everyone's homes. I, I I can't really see it rivaling the likes of football and rugby. But, yeah, there's definitely a, a bit of a divide, I guess. Down south, the ice hockey is not as widely supported and, and even, I guess, known. There's not the um, sort of media outlets out there to, to promote ice hockey um, down south or, or just in the UK in general, unfortunately. So as, as, as we were talking about, there's a, obviously as you go up north, there's a lot more rinks and uh, ice hockey is more well known. But that could be due, yep. due to uh, it being a lot colder climate, right? Yeah, I was thinking about this too. Mm. So, you know, this I don't know if this is if you have any info on this or if it's, it's just a bad theory. We could always look it up later for next time too. And that is that I'm thinking when I moved here, so I've lived in the UK for the better part of 20 years. And when I moved here, people still regularly went on ski holidays in Scotland and things like that. This is true. 
and um and then i remember if, uh, a few years after moving here i would ring up i ring up the ski area and they they laughed at me and said we haven't had a flake of snow here in like two years and but it, it makes me wonder if you know because it is much colder in, in the north we have family that live in the north as well if maybe it harkens back to a day when you can actually have an odr up there mm, yeah I, i've never really thought of it that way but it's uh, an interesting point um you know, I, I, I guess I, I, there must be some research or information out there to show why there are more ice rinks in the north as opposed to the south. But I never really considered the weather to, to be an aspect. But now you've uh, mentioned it, it's sort of got me thinking you could have a very valid point there. I don't know. I gonna, really thought of it. We're going to try and drill into that on the on the old interwebs um, after this one. But um, mm. I know, for example, Scotland, um, you know, it's a much... So even if you think about UK and then break that down into its component parts, it's much bigger in Scotland, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, there, are, there are a lot of teams uh, north of the border, um, so to speak, with um, currently Glasgow clan. Um, there are also uh, the Five Flyers, Dundee Stars, um, and there are sort of lower league teams in places like Kirkcaldy um, and um sort of more further north places where i, I can't think of the names of sure. teams higher up sort of uh, perthshire and air bruins and, and teams like that but um yeah but, but they've got ice that's quite, the thing right yeah yeah i mean curling is is quite a popular sport as well in in scotland so i know a lot of the ice rinks tend to have the curling on and um traditionally great britain always do well with curling uh, at the Olympics, so they tend to do pretty well uh, with curling, so that could be a factor as well. Yeah, that's funny you, you say that because that is another, um, it's another big thing for Canada too. And in fact, and so Canada always does, well, tends to do well in, uh, in the curling at the Olympics and stuff. And um, where it, uh, in ho the likes of hockey, there might be this sort of um, rivalry between Canada and the States. It actually, when it comes to curling, would probably be more like Canada and the likes of Scotland. And in fact, um, of the of the curlers or bonspielers or whatever you call them that I've met in my life, most of them were either Scottish or of Scottish heritage living in Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's fascinating. I guess that could be why there tended to be more ice rinks in Scotland. And then maybe hockey came after, um, you know, the curling um, kind of led to uh, more people going to the rinks. It's uh, certainly something for us to look into, I guess. For sure. For sure. So. Getting back to the uh, um, the EHL, uh, what's happening around the what's happening in the league this year? Yeah, so uh, in the in the elite league, uh, currently about halfway through the season. So the season tends to run from late August um, until um, end of well mid um, April. So the playoff weekend is the um, sort of ending points for, for the Elite League, um, and that tends to be in the first weekend of eight in April. So it's currently around the mid midway point now. Um, there's quite a clear lead at the top uh, with Cardiff Devils, who are the reigning champions. They're currently uh, top of the table. And then the Belfast Giants uh, are in second, followed by Nottingham and Fife. And then my team, Sheffield Steelers, are currently languishing in eighth position. Um, but there are only, uh, I know it's, it's tough going at the minute, but there are only uh, sort of five points between eighth and fourth. So it's quite close in the middle, um, middle of the table. Um, but the Steelers are having a, a pretty poor start to the year. They've recently signed Tom Barrasso, um, former Pittsburgh Penguins, Stanley Cup winning goaltender, two-time All-Star, Vezina Trophy winner yeah, yeah, as the head coach. 
Yeah, so he's he's come over and he's kind of rejuvenated the team uh, in Sheffield. However, the team just aren't up to scratch in terms of quality. Um, you know, we, we can't compete with the top four teams. And so Barrasso is doing well to get what he's got out of the players. However, it's just the quality of the players um, and the overall product, I guess, which is lacking somewhat. Um, but Belfast Giants, who I mentioned earlier, are second in the league. They're currently playing in the Continental Cup and they've just reached the uh, the final of the Continental Cup and they're going to play uh, Arlan Kokteshaw which are a um, Kazakh team, uh, they're the Kazakh champions um, in the Kazakh League and um, they're playing the Super Final tonight actually uh, in Belfast at the SSE Arena um, so there's quite a bit going off in, in the UK at the minute um, and like I say Belfast they've got a chance to secure their first piece of um, sort of European silverware Wow, that's that's awesome. So um, I, I've been lucky enough in the last uh, in the last twelve months. I've been to Belfast to the Giants, and I've also um, went to a Steelers game uh, when I was up there a couple months ago. And um, one of the things that um, that I that I wanted to bring up while we had you on is that um, when I first went to a, a hockey game here, I think the first one that I went to was um, Swindon Wildcats, like the yeah. the, uh, the the top team. And um, I was absolutely stunned to find that basically you walk in the door and it's like stepping through a doorway back to North America for a few hours because it literally um, the experience has been largely replicated in the sense that the, from the opening notes of Stomp and Tom Connors playing the hockey song and, and pretty much every other song and, the, and that experience and, and chuck a puck and all those sorts of things that happen. Um, just for people that might be listening from from um, outside of the UK, they've really re recreated that feeling. I don't know if you've been to a, a hockey game in North America, Scott. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to go to uh, the Leafs uh, a couple of years ago. I went to the Battle of Ontario, um, which was a great game. It was when uh, Dion Phaneuf um, was uh, back with uh, the Senators. Um, so that was a great game. Uh, it was when uh, Wendell Clark also got inducted into Leafs row as well. So it was a great night to, to go to that game. Um, but yeah, I can. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of the, um, I guess, the, the factors of a North American game which has uh, transpired to the UK scene, like you say, in terms of things like the chucker pork, things like the merchandise, what you tend to see, um, and just the whole match night experience. Um, you know, we've got the kiss cams and the dance cams and, and things like that here in Sheffield. And, um, yeah, some of the, the barns, I guess, as you can call them in the UK, have got that North American sort of feel. And for me, you know, there's nothing better than walking into an ice rink and smelling the Zamboni fumes. And, you know, it, it's such a great feeling. And, and um, like I say, I only wish it could be a, a bigger um, sort of sport in the UK and, and people share our passion of, of the great sport. And, unfortunately, it's... Just um, took a kind of a backseat to some of the more mainstream sports, but yeah, the, definitely there's a UK, um, sorry, a North American feel um, to the games in the UK, and uh, which is great to see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that um, who's getting who? It is hellishly expensive to build and maintain an ice rink, and, th and that's forever going to be a problem. Um, but. Uh, I think just getting the game known as well. I have never known anyone, um, you know, since I've been here, we've tried to make a point of, of bringing along a friend or, or you know, Finn would bring one of his, uh, his non-hockey friends along. And I think it's just 
you know, everybody needs to just make a point of trying to do that. If you're going to a game, take someone who's never been to a game before and try, you know, because I, I find that people, people have, you know, it's a, it, it's an experience, right? It's, it's, um, it's not just the game. It's all that other stuff. And, and, um, I, uh, anyone that's come with us to a game, they just totally love it and almost instantly love it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's a game which um, get people hooked um, quite easily. I, I remember going to my first game, and and it, it was just a pester power of um, I got a free ticket, and then I went and I absolutely loved it. And um, yeah, it was the pester power sort of factor of wow, I've really enjoyed the game, and um, sort of then I hassled my parents to get them to go, and and it just spreads that way, and then. Um, even now as a primary school teacher, I'm subliminally brainwashing the children to an extent and telling them to go to the games and uh, telling them to take the parents. And um, I only work about two miles away from the ice rink as well. So I've, I've sort of been trying to get the children to go and take their parents. And as, as much as I can, I try to spread the word and uh, you know, I use sort of my, I guess, Twitter following an audience to uh, to promote the game as well. So. I guess if we all do our little bit, then hopefully um, some people can uh, who've never found themselves at a game can eventually go and uh, fall in love with the sport. Well, yeah, that's a, that's. I think that that's absolutely the right thing to do for those of us that are really passionate about it to to you know try and um, spread that passion around a little bit. I know that um, so Finn, um, as you know, is part of the Oxford Stars program, and um, they. Uh, they're really good at um, giving out free tickets. So um, uh, the local, our local primary school, they'll give every kid in the whole school plus their parents a ticket a couple times a year. And um, you know, it's bums on seats too, right? You know, you know, everybody wants the arena to be full. And so, yeah. um, and and so, our Steelers are they sort of in the community like that? Yeah, uh, I mean, um, a long time ago, I worked for the Steelers Community Trust, so I used to um, go into schools with players doing talks and workshops, and, um, you know, we, we went to schools in sort of Doncaster and the surrounding areas to, I guess, widen the net and, and get more fans going to the games. Um, so the Steelers are quite active in the community. They go to, like, a lot of events. They go to... Um, a lot of partnership events with other sports teams like the Sheffield Tigers Speedway team, uh, Sheffield United football team. Um, so there is like a lot of um, work in between different sports to help promote each other, which is uh, also great to see. Yeah, for sure. And so they, they're sort of, I don't know if they're properly connected, but sort of tenuously connected to our pals at Puckstop. And um, Puckstop, uh, I wanted to shout them out because they are <laughs> another issue about being in the South is there it's hard to get kit. And I mean, it's not even easy to get your skate sharpened. Genuinely not easy. I mean, if you uh, know you need your skate sharpened, you have to have a couple of days in advance to make sure that you can get them to wherever they can be sharpened. I only know two places myself outside of London, down yeah. here somewhere. And um, and Puckstop, the guys at Puckstop, I just wanted to shout them out because um, they they've been great for us, and and um, and th that for me is walking in the door of of, uh, of any hockey store back home. Um, you know, it, it's not in a tiny little place. It's not tucked in the in the corner of a rink itself or whatever. It's a proper proper um, hockey shop, and the people in there are absolutely fantastic. And they they tend to work on both Finn and I skates. And I'm guessing that you probably get your stuff done there too. I do, yeah. Um yeah, Puckstop are sort of uh, a, a big in the community of ice hockey in Sheffield, and um, 
they support and, and sponsor a lot of local events and the junior events and charity events and, and they're really good they've got a great sort of community feel and the staff there are just really knowledgeable and it's a family around business as well so it's not like a I guess a corporate chain or anything like that so it's a family around business who's um, the sons of the business have played hockey and they've kind of gone through the junior ranks and things so it's just great to have such a, a community uh, feel uh, with a, a shop and a facility as good as Puck Stop in Sheffield and like you say I, I use them and I, I wouldn't take my skates anywhere else really. Awesome. So so I know I know we've been talking about um, how hockey isn't that big uh, in England and I know also Europe but um, with the whole World Juniors thing with Sweden winning and uh, Kazakhstan and Denmark being in it the, the ho- hockey is growing a lot more worldwide now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Finn. And um it's it's great to see. I mean, you've got great young players like Darlene coming through and you know, um and, and Swedish players at Leafs, at likes Nylander and, and players like that and and it's great to see um European hockey on, on such a good stage and, and the players progressing through the ranks and um there's some British players who've gone into Europe fairly recently as well. Uh, ben O'Connor, a defenseman for the Sheffield Steelers. Uh, played over in Kazakhstan, uh, and he played in the KHL for a little while, which is, uh, I guess, one of the, probably the second best league in the world after the NHL and the KHL. Um, so, you know, it's great to see hockey on the up and uh, long may it continue. And Finn, you're going to the? Are you going to the? Uh... I'm going to the GB versus Dynamo Riga game in February. Awesome, awesome. Um, I didn't get a ticket. Finn's going though. Uh, hopefully you'll send me some selfies from the game. Um, what else? Um, bringing it back to the um, EIHL again, uh, for the Elite League again. Uh, so we were wanting to know, uh, who do you think is going to win the league this year? Yeah, what's your prediction for that? Ooh, uh, it's going to be a tough one. I, I think it's definitely between Cardiff and Belfast. Um, I think both teams are really stacked in, in every department from goaltending to uh, how strong the defensive core is right through to the forwards. But for me, I'm going to go for Cardiff Devils. Um, they won the league last year um, and they've got a good young uh, coach in Andrew Lord who's uh, just a, a really good sort of tactically astute coach um the very stacked sort of offensively um a lot of uh, north american sort of uh, experienced players who've played in the ahl who've got nhl games to the belt and um just very good goaltending in ben bounds who's the great britain number one netminder and um i think it's cardiff's title to lose really it's going to be close between cardiff and belfast but i think cardiff will maintain that edge and will go on to win the league yeah, well, we were, uh, it's um, lucky enough that um, on that new uh, channel, Free Sports, that they have on, on TV here, that um, they play a few of these games. And um, I think early in the season, they played a couple Cardiff games, if I remember. Um, and um, and Cardiff would just completely outclassed. You know, they just looked like they were from a different league. So um, I can imagine they're a pretty strong contender. But... Um, let me ask you this. Um, this is a this is a question that um, Finn and I have been banging back and forth about the Leafs, and uh, and I'm sure you'll probably have an opinion on this as well. If the Leafs were, if Babcock was going to um, uh, put a C on someone's chest next week, who do you think he'd hand that that C to? Ooh, ooh. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a tough question because recently, I guess in recent years, there's been. Um, 
players who've been given a C just because they're the sort of club's marquee sort of premier player. And uh, I guess someone like, if you look at the likes of uh, Edmonton with McDavid, his star player, and I guess he commands or, or wants that C on his chest. But for a player so young, you know, it's a lot of, I guess, um, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. Um, I, I guess if you look at the Leafs, you, you've got some veteran players in, in terms of like Patrick Marlowe and guys like that. But I don't know. Um, it's a tough one. Would you go for, you know, someone lot younger? Would you go for, you know, someone like the likes of uh, Austin Matthews? Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough call, really. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's an ongoing debate. But I'll tell you... It, you sort of look out for every little tidbit that you can that might help them make that decision or even a circumstance that, that will bring things about. And um, it's no small thing that uh, Matthews is um, captain of uh, one of the All-Star teams. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure on our first episode we made some predictions and I'm pretty sure you went for Matthews in the next couple of years. Uh, I went for Kadri just because he gets on well with the team and he's a, a commanding player on the ice. Yeah, so it's uh, we're, we're you know it's up in the air, but um, I think you know you're right. There's a where do you go there? Do you go young guy who's just a new zippy, uh, awesome sharp shooting forward, or do you go for that um, uh, road warrior um, old guard guy? Someone like uh, yeah, I mean you could even think of of someone like Hainsey, um, you know, uh, unlikely, but Marlowe maybe is in that category, and certainly Kadri is in that in that category. But anyway. We're waiting with bated breath, and, and my prediction still remains, whoever it is, it will, we probably will find out when we hit the playoffs this year. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Scott, it's been great talking to you. We've been on for about half an hour, and, and, um, and it's, uh, it's really great to get more insight around, uh, around the UK leagues. And um, if it's okay with you, we'll probably hit you up uh, um, uh, on a fairly regular basis about that because you certainly know more about it than, uh, than we do. No, absolutely. I'd uh, yeah, I'd love the chance to uh, yeah to come on and uh, and and um, you guys can hear my dulcet tones. And uh, it's been a pleasure being on there tonight, guys. And uh, you know, thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's f- fantastic, uh, Scott. We'll uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Quick is notes. Scott Antcliffe there with Cliffy's notes. We hope to be a regular uh, feature of the show. Um, news around the uk hockey leagues yeah it's really great to have that section because I, I know our uh our, our uh, specialties well not specialties but we're better at um, more nhl stuff and i know he's really good at the whole english league yeah for sure it's funny because um he, we live all the way over here and um i can get information about uh nhl any one of a dozen different ways maybe hundreds of different ways so i mean it's it's completely easy for me to know exactly what's happening in in the nhl at any time not so easy to play games because of the t- or watch games because of the time shift and that sort of thing. But it's really easy to find out about them, whereas um, it's not as easy to find out about our own leagues here. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty crazy. I'm not gonna lie, but um, there just isn't any real news. There is no real outlet other than the likes of social media and things like that, like Twitter and whatnot, where you can follow teams. Well, probably a couple web pages and whatnot, but um, it just doesn't feel as easy to stay on top of what's happening in the UK leagues as, uh, as it does at the NHL for us. So we'll, we'll keep our focus on the NHL, and now we've got Cliffy um, on board to help us out, uh, keeping an eye on uh, the UK and uh, European hockey. Yeah. Um, 
So, do you want to go into some more trade kind of talk things? Yeah. What's happening? Uh, what's happening in the trade scene? Well, you're talking Leafs or everybody? Uh, yeah, just Leafs. Okay. Um, All right. So, first of, first off, this isn't a trade, but uh, Trevor Moore has just signed two years. Seven hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. Yeah, scores his first goal in the NHL. Yeah, two games ago. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Not last night's game. The game before, I think. Uh, Maybe one one before that. Anyway. Yeah, because uh, he was covering for Hyman. Hyman That's right. That so uh, scores his first goal for the Leafs. Instantly scores a <laughs> two-year contract extension yeah. as well. Well, it was a very nice goal, and he's he's played very well in the games that we've needed him, especially with. Uh, Pretty sure Ennis is still out, but Heimer's just come back. But um, yeah, he's played very well, especially for what we've needed him for. Yep, yep, great. Happy to have his contract extended, and he's cheap too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but about trades, so I wanted to know what positions you think Carl Dubas is looking out for. Oh, you know, so he was in Russia, right? Yeah. A week ago, and um, and there's always speculation um, when he's over there on a shopping trip or whatever. Um, I mean, the, my, the short answer is who knows, right? And only uh, only Dubas himself knows. But um, you've got to hope he's looking out for some puck-moving defenseman. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, the Leafs have a prospect over in Russia at the moment who's meant to be a pretty decent defenseman. I can't remember his name, but I'm pretty sure that's who uh, Dubas was going to see the engine of that guy. Well, that would be excellent. I mean, we could really use some help um, in the back there. Uh, I don't know. What do you know? What do you think? Um trade trade wise in the nhl obviously we're going to want to look for defensemen i know uh, we got hutchinson sparks anderson all great goalies our forwards are like no one can compare to our forwards we've literally got the best forward in in the league right well so, well depth depth wise yeah totally and i mean there's cap issues too right like we've got so much money invested in in uh, we can't be shopping around for more big forwards yeah exactly um so that just leaves D. We need to improve on our D. Um, and that, that 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 leads me on to a, a couple of trade assets that um, that might that we might be that we might be looking out for. I know um, uh, Alex Petriangelo. Right. Okay. Uh, St. Louis Blues, uh, age twenty-eight, but he's an elite defenseman and he's very very good. Mm. Um, he's twenty-eight though. How old's Gardner? Thirty-five. Oh, I'll have to look that I up now. I want to say thirty-five. Um, I could be miles off. I don't know. Yeah, I'll look at that now. Give me a second. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, we could let, we could take a look at the ages across the across the whole um, defense. Uh, yeah. So Gardner is also twenty eight years old. Twenty eight. Why was I thinking he was thirty five? Who am I thinking of? How old Hainsy? A uh, hundred and twenty five. <laughs> Hainsy's probably around that age. I'm pretty sure I saw a stat uh, yesterday. Um, Petriangelo, six foot three, twenty eight year old defenseman, uh, elite defenseman. Um, I'm pretty sure he's he's got some really great stats. I know I got I know I've I've got stats here, but they're for, I did them uh, a few weeks ago, so they're not as up to date. Right. Um, but yeah, if you if you ever get a chance to see him, uh, he did great in the All Star game last year. That's where I first uh, first really saw him. Oh yeah. Um, he's 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 playing great. Cool. Um, but the other guy also St. Louis Blues, uh, Colton Pareko. Uh, he's younger. He's 25. He's got a cool name. It's pretty nice, pretty nice name. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Uh, he's a young prospect. Uh, age 25. Yeah. Six foot six. So a big guy. Um, he he'll probably help out with our uh, muscle issue as well. Definitely, we need some we need some physical players. Yeah. Uh, 
he's not as good as Petrangelo just yet, but he's got that. Uh, he's got potential to be that good, or if not better, which which makes his price his price will be more, uh, due to uh, we'll be able to get get him for longer. Um, and Petrangelo, he's get, getting older, and as I'm pretty sure his contract's gonna be up in a couple years, uh, which means that we'll have to we'll have to try and sign him and with with the. Uh, with the skill and talent he has now, and how well he's doing, it's gonna that's gonna be create another cap problem for us. And um, Dubas Dubas has already said he doesn't want to get any loan players. So if you if he wants to sign another contract, cap issue. Yeah. If he doesn't want to sign another contract, uh, contract, we've just lost a great defenseman. Yeah. Hmm. Um, leaving Pareko, but we'd have to give a lot more. We'd have to give like Willie Nylander and like a second or something. Mm. Yeah, Nylander. So. Is that, all, is that all you want to say on trades? Can we go on there, Willie? Yeah, let's go on to William Nylander. All right, listen. What is happening with William Nylander? Everybody. I mean, there'll be Nylander fans out there that, um, you know, are will be thinking, you just got to be loyal to him, you know. Um, give it time. It'll, it'll come back. And, um, you know, but with every passing game, without a lot of presence... Uh, from him, uh, you know, people got people have got to be losing their patience a little bit. I mean, the, the way the Leafs were flying when he rejoined, uh, you know, it's a hard thing to step up. Yeah, but I'm not gonna lie, I am still hopeful, hopeful and opt- optimistic for Nylander, and I'm pretty sure you are too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I think he's a great player. Yeah. Um, I just you know I just want to see it. Yeah. I'm just saying, all the all the hate from Leafs fans themselves, just saying, oh, he's not as good, you know, complete waste of money or whatever. It may seem that way now, but when he starts producing, and we know he will, it's Nylander. Yeah. There's a reason that we signed, like we re, we re, we uh, we resigned him to a contract, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And um, it's not going to be all Dubas saying, oh yeah, we definitely need to get this guy. Hit Dubas will obviously have asked uh, Babcock on what on what he thinks because. He's the coach, right? He knows, he'll know everything about Nylander and his skill and potential and talent and everything. Yeah, for sure. So I it's mean, not, it's uh, not, it's uh, not going to be all Dubas. No. And uh, I mean, a nod from Babcock that said, you know what? I don't want him anyway. And he would have been gone, right? Like, yeah. So he, he, we had to have wanted him. We do want him. We just want the old Nylander, the one that scored goals all the time. Yeah, exactly. But the one thing still going is that he hasn't had the experience of everyone else yet. If you go back to... Um, you mean start, the, you mean in this season because of the uh, because of the delayed start? Yeah, and um, but if, if you go if you go back to last season, do you remember the start of last season? Mana came off a great first year, right? Mm-hmm. And then start of last season, uh, he looked like he just started again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, and it did take a good part of the season for him to get good again, and then he got good, and then over the off season he's kept at it and kept at it and kept yeah. training. Yeah. Didn't and have this that. Se- this season he is. He, he started where he left off. Yeah. Yeah. No, and then he's right. just got better and better. You're right. You're right. And so that's all down to those guys working. A couple of those guys working so hard over the summer, you know, and staying in it and staying at it. Yeah. Um, because you do get that. You can get that dip in physicality and whatnot um, if you take your foot off the gas of training and that sort of thing. So, you know, Nylander just disappeared for a bit and missed those first couple of months of, um, you know, top, top flight hockey. The Leafs playing at the best I've seen them play in my lifetime. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, that's got to have an effect that takes you a while to get caught back up. Uh, you know, uh, ho I'm just hoping that he can get caught back up this season and uh, soon would be good. Yeah, I'm still optimistic that he will because um, I bet you he's he's feeling as bad as, like, everyone else thinks he is, right? Yeah. And and uh, a big a big comment from him is he is he was saying he feels worse than anyone else and uh, about his performance and he is genuinely trying to get better again right yep but it's not going to help him playing over the summer and for most of the season Sweden's got a great league and Austria's got a great league and I'm pretty sure he spent a bit of time in Russia but it's not NHL yeah, yeah. and um, however I don't think the numbers are giving him the credit he deserves. No, because we 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 saw him last. We we obviously watched the game last night. Yep. And there were like five chances. He hit he hit the post once. I'm pretty sure. And then, um, yeah, Rask it, made a great save as well. Yeah. Well, Rask is awesome. Um. Yeah, he's had some bad luck for sure. Uh, everybody felt relieved when he clanged one in the other night, and um, you know, everybody is desperately willing him to put that puck in the goal. So. Let's hope he comes good and starts producing again. I'm looking at the clock, though, and I'm thinking we should probably um, get to the end of this one. Yeah, definitely. I think we should just wrap off this segment just with saying, I think he's looking better game by game. You know, he's getting back his pace. Yeah. And um, I just hope he gets better luck with uh, bounces and scoring chances. Me too. Um, you know, Nylander, whatever, you know, whatever happened and whatever decisions were made, he's, he seems like a nice guy. He's a hell of a hockey player. Um, you know, we made our decision. We renewed his contract. And, you know, may he start scoring loads of goals. I want him to. Let's all will him to. All, everyone in Leafs Nation out there will um, use all your willpower to make Nylander score goals. Okay. That's what we want. So we finished that. Is there anything else you want to say? Any, any people you want to shout out to? Uh, there's a few shout outs we should probably do every show because we do if you check us out on Instagram and whatnot you'll see that we do have some uh, hockey friends who've helped us out hockey is uh, you know a really expensive sport and um, we appreciate all the support we've gotten um, and one of the brands hockey brands that we really genuinely believe in is true hockey oh my goodness yeah I lit so I, I know we both have true gloves and we both have we both only use true sticks yeah the whole family in fact only use true sticks now XC series they're absolutely fantastic um, uh, mid to low kick and uh, feather light and really um, well tweaked stiffness ratings I mean real ratings you know so you can get some sticks where the rating almost means feels like it means nothing but true sticks are great um, no one in the family has broken one yet um, no. we've worn one out but um, you know they will wear out before they break in our experience the gloves are absolutely fantastic yeah and um, you know the guys at True have been really great to us we, they've sent um, sticks hats shirt t-shirts bags our way and you know super grateful for that so thanks so much to True Hockey for uh, your continued support of UK Hockey Fam Sherwood Hockey out there sent us stuff, and they're yeah. great people. Yeah. Absolutely lovely. We met them um, through Instagram, actually, and um, and they've been a support. Uh, Puck Stop, we mentioned in uh, Cliffy's Notes, a great, great shop here uh, with some great people in Sheffield in the north of the country. Hermes Sports back home in London, Ontario, uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, worked on my skates the last time I was home. I had some um, work done on my blades and blade holders. Uh, and uh, who else? Who are we forgetting? Sports Screen. Sports Screen. Our best, best, 
uh, buddies at Sports Green. We love those guys. Check them out on um, anywhere on social media. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. Uh, they got an excellent Facebook page too. Sports Green is a training aid where it's a it's a big screen that comes down in front of your um, garage door, or you could use it in the basement or anywhere you don't want puck any surface you don't want pucks hitting. Uh, and we've been using ours relentlessly now for a couple seasons, and it is still in as good a shape as it was the day that we um, hung it up outside, and it's been out in all weathers. These things are great, so check them out. Uh, the Sports Green uh, from Ontario, uh, some great people there too, um, and we wish them every success, and, we, and we're so grateful for their support. Anyway, that's, uh, that's enough of I'm pretty sure we've got one, one other uh, thing, uh, Bionic Skate Blades. Oh, yeah, sorry to Bionic guys. Uh, actually, there's one. <laughs> there's another one too. Bionic skate blades. We mentioned them before. Check them out. Canadian product. Super light, super strong. Hold an incredible edge. Game changer. Fin squares that changes game completely. Fantastic. Check them out. And they come in cool colors as well, um, so you can look cool while scoring loads of goals. Bionics. Uh, Bionic skate blades. We love those guys. And also one last one. Beer League Republic. Oh yeah. Amazing hockey brand. Really cool stuff. We've got lo- we've got lots of their stuff. Um uh you know, shirts and and uh jumpers and uh hoodies and hats and stuff. Uh, they're great. Another Canadian brand. Anyway, there's more. I can think of more about this is just getting gross. So, let's uh let's get off the air. So, Finn, another great podcast. Awesome to have Cliffy on. Yeah, it was really great. Uh thank you everyone for listening. Yep. Uh, make, make sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to this podcast. Yeah, and leave us a rating. If you like what you hear, it just takes two seconds to uh, uh, click and give us a few stars uh, or even leave us a written message or a, a written review. We don't care if you do or not, but a couple stars would be great. We'd really appreciate it. And do subscribe. We're trying to, cu- we're trying to um, put at least two of these out a week. Anyway, have a great week, everybody. Sunday night here in the UK. Uh, we'll speak to you next time. Yeah, see you guys next time. And the best game you can name is the good.